Happy Tuesday. Welcome back to Lockdown Spurs on the Lockdown NBA Network. I am Jeff Garcia. Also with News 4 San Antonio and Fox 29 San Antonio Spurs Zone. Uh, there's a little bit of good news, maybe kind of, sort of. The NBA is already letting teams know that they can start using practice facilities. Um, more than likely, the earliest they can go back being, uh, I think it's May 8th. And again, that's with lots of restrictions. So uh, depending on how the San Antonio Spurs want to proceed, there's that as far as some sign of hope that maybe, just maybe, the NBA season could resume. But if it doesn't, we're going to go off the premise that the Spurs season is pretty much over. And even if it does, who knows, they may just pick, stick with the eight uh, the eight seeds from both conferences moving forward. Regardless, there's going to be an offseason, and there's going to be a lot of questions the Spurs are going to have to look at. Whether it be on the court or off the court, there's this this team can seriously change next season. That's what we're going to do today. We're going to look at a few questions the Spurs have to answer. they got to look at uh, whenever the offseason officially begins. To do that and more, I'm joined by my good friend, San Antonio Spurs reporter Casey Vieira. Casey, welcome back to Lockdown Spurs. Glad to see and hear that you're doing well and staying safe. Yes, likewise, my friend. Likewise, baby steps, I guess, if you will. (laughs) Baby steps, got to crawl before you walk, but with all this COVID stuff. But as long as it's trending in a favorable direction, that's all you can really do, right? Yeah, well, the NBA is really starting to pick it up on the pulse of states uh, having soft reopenings. And the NBA is letting teams know, like, hey, you know, go back, you know, some restrictions. So does that give you some sort of sign of hope? That maybe just maybe things are gonna get back to normal. Well, I mean, we didn't we didn't have any previously, right? Yeah, we'll take <laughs> we it. Didn't have, we didn't have any previously, so I mean, I guess you got to roll with that. I think for the Spurs, as it pertains to the Spurs, with the news that Greg Abbott is opening things up slowly, I believe yeah. the phase two would start on May 18th. So I believe. I believe if that were the case, May 18th would be the earliest. You mentioned that May 8th date for the uh, yeah. May 8th date uh, that the league threw out there. But that's, of course, only if the respective yeah. state city they're in is in a favorable situation. So I guess that would mean May 18th is the earliest the Spurs yeah. would get back to work. Yeah. Theoretically, right? My Assuming point- all goes well. Yeah. Exactly. And my point here, listeners, is if you're in San Antonio, do your best to stay clean, wash the hands, wear the mask, and we got to get some Spurs action back soon. Hopefully, hopefully, because again, even if the NBA season comes back, your Spurs probably, maybe, maybe or maybe not be allowed to come back because their season is officially over. Because, whoo, 27 wins before the hiatus doesn't really cut it as far as making it into the NBA postseason. But, Casey, um, Regardless, the Spurs have questions that need to be answered. they got to be looked at. Um, there's several. I mean, we can go all day on this episode of Locked on Spurs, but we, we selected a few uh, pre-show. And, and Casey, you know, you brought up something very interesting, uh, more like a spin on an old topic regarding Greg Popovich and his future. Right. And, of course, the question, as it's been every year for who knows how long now, is what what does... What's the future of Greg Popovich? Is he coming back? Is he not? And there's there's no need really to over-examine that because the reality is we don't know. Pop does what he wants, when he wants, and he'll decide. And we really don't know what goes through his mind. So we'll kind of disregard that aspect of things. But more so, you think about what does that mean for 
the respective bench and the standpoint that for the sake of this conversation that he does leave, it is a wrap. What happens? Yeah. What happens with that bench? What happens with Tim Duncan, Becky Hammond? What's the deal there? Do they even stay that route? Yeah. Do they even go outside of that? Do they look at some other familiar faces that were floated around? And honestly, just like we have no idea with what Pop is going to be doing, I have no idea with what's going to happen with that. That's your, that's your insight for you. <laughs> because <laughs> because it, it's, again, you know, it all spins back to Pop. But it, this season with the coaching, I guess, tree or chain of command mm-hmm. on that bench, very confusing. A, a lot of kind of uh, lost looks, I guess you could say. A couple times Pop was ejected and then the one day he was unable to coach and Timmy took over. So I, I think logistically, we don't even know right now. We don't even know, Jeff. Yeah. And what clouds it more was the fact that the Spurs had at least two viable candidates to take over that being Ettore Messina who left uh, he went back overseas to Italy to coach there and of course Ime Udoka left I believe he went to go join the Sixers as part of Brett Brown's staff so there were two viable candidates right there that would seemingly kind of put to rest any thoughts of who it could be next because it was them I mean long time we thought it was Messina Messina this Messina that you know he's the most decorated Euro coach he got some coaching experience with the Lakers. He got tons of it here in San Antonio. He bolts. Same thing with Udoka. That leaves Tim Duncan, who you don't know if he's going to stick, stick around, even after Pop leaves. You can almost scratch him off the list. You, you have Will Hardy, who is inexperienced. He's His coaching tenure got cut short as well. Then you got Becky, who all signs are pointing that she will get it, but even that's not a lock because she could be tempted to go to another team. Right. And I, honestly, I think that kind of, I mentioned the confusion, no real rhyme or reason with things as it pertains to the internal candidates. And I, I think the big reason for that was the fact that Becky Hammond was not the first choice off the bench when available, mm. when pop was not available. Right. And I think for a lot of Spurs fans, regardless of the way you feel about Becky one way or another and her, uh, her qualifications, comparatively speaking, to Tim Duncan's qualifications, what seemed like was almost a foregone conclusion after she moved up on the bench mm-hmm. this year, the 1920 season, that's not the case anymore. And with that said, does she even come back? There's yeah. plenty of young teams. There's plenty of young situations where, uh, you know, you could go into and have things work out and they look for a young coach, a low pressure situation mm-hmm. to get into where they're not expected to win. Nothing along those lines. Maybe you know, I, I was going to say uh, Chicago, perhaps, but that kind of that kind of market for a first year head coach, regardless if you're Becky Hammond or not, that's tough. But Chicago, new ownership coming in there, mm-hmm. very young team. I thought at the time, at the time, what I thought would have been a very good fit, and I was kind of surprised that it didn't happen, was New Orleans last season. Mm-hmm. I thought New Orleans was a perfect situation for Becky Hammond to get right. into. San Antonio, I, I think, is probably the best. But you know, as we alluded to, I don't even know what's going to happen with that. But if you're not talking the Spurs in terms of function, structure, no pressure situations, I thought New Orleans would have been the perfect scenario, especially considering 
You have David Griffin, who came in very much on top of things and experienced mm-hmm. that championship general manager. The Bensons now, Gail Benson now appears to be yeah. firmly invested in the team. And, of course, the easy answer with Zion and all the young guys coming right. in. A good future, a good young team. You don't really, you know, the, where, what's the pressure to win at that point? I thought that would have been very much ideal, but, you know, that's a totally different circumstance. But yeah. kind of circling back to the original point of what it means to the Spurs is that, again, it's a lot of a lot of uncertainty, a lot of question marks. And that's, Jeff, that's why we're having these conversations. Yeah, these are the questions the Spurs are likely going to be looking at, whether it be this offseason, whenever that happens, or in the near future, especially with Popovich. He's getting up there in age. Um, how much more does he have left? the tank there's still the commitment that he gave to team usa the olympics have been pushed back more it's like the following year so Mm -hmm. how does that put a wrench into his plans what do you think you think the whole delay in the olympics 2020 now 2021 does that play a part in all his decision no i don't think so I, i i don't think so one way or another i think if he leaves you know, maybe it's the small dose of basketball he just wants to kind of get his hands on to right. keep him busy. Um, I don't think that one way or another plays into it. I, I think it's a lot of it just comes down to whether or not, and, and who's it my place to say, but of, of, of course he's had a lot gone on in his life in the mm-hmm. past few years. And I know if I was, you know, God forbid in that situation, basketball is a reprieve. That environment yep. you're around, it's a reprieve. And when you're going through what he has gone through, still is going through, you need that. You need to be around those people. So mm-hmm. the ball will forever be in Greg Popovich's court. That's never going to change. Right. That's never going to change. When he, when he's, when, when there's going to be something done, it's going to be on his terms. You'll be stunned if it goes the other direction mm-hmm. that the team decides to move on. So I think in that general scenario, I, I think that if, if and, and it does, you know, it, it, there are, of course, the basketball factors, the most important, the, relatively speaking, as it pertains to actually physically being the head coach. But uh, I think this is all a, a pop thing. And I, mm-hmm. I, think, I think it's a matter of the situation that if, if pop feels like he's in a good place one way or another, and he feels like the. He, he can hand keys of the car over to, to a suitable suitor, mm-hmm. so to speak, predecessor, so to speak. Why not do it? Why not? Yeah. But then again, this is the same conversation we have every single June. You know, yeah. it's the same conversation. So there's only so many different ways to spin it. I don't know. Yeah. And you look at the topic, you know, his future in San Antonio. You're absolutely right. He will make the call when he's ready. Um, if he says Spurs management, I want to stay for another five years, you, you better believe it. They'll give him another five year extension that will happen. Uh, but if he bounces after this hiatus or he says, you know, I'm done, you know, um, then that they'll allow him to do that. You, but there's in my, when I look at this Casey, I see, you know, an end point already. There's, I see the end game already in the sense of he's getting up there in age. This is a very young team. You have, at least what people are looking at as a, a ready-made head coach, Hammond. And then you look at him and you're saying, okay, well, he's been there, done that, done everything. What is there left to prove? And I guess that's what I'm trying to get at here, Casey. What more does he have to prove? He's done everything. He's won in the NBA as much as he can. He's he's a lock for the Hall of Fame. I mean, what more is there for him 
do be motivated about Casey? There, not nothing. Yeah, honestly, honestly, nothing. He, he's, it's, it's no, there's no reason. Yeah. There's no reason for him to try to coach, to establish, to build a legacy. The only yeah. reason would be if they were a championship caliber squad, which of course won't be the right. case for the foreseeable future. And that's kind of what, you know, and, and I, I feel, I don't want to say necessarily entirely comfortable saying this, but more, more kind of, I guess, confident, if you will, talk mm-hmm. about the personal element things so much, so, so much of Greg Popovich really in the past two to three years, even before, you know, his wife, his wife's unfortunate, uh, her, her passing, was very much with him post game hammering home the idea of this is just basketball, man. Mm-hmm. You know, th- this is just basketball. Life is more important. The, the 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 end result, the score, it doesn't even matter. You know, you're gonna go home, you're gonna see your family. That's the important stuff. And I think that kind of probably speaks to a lot of the mindset that he does have now, is that it's a matter of probably being in a good place being in an environment that mm-hmm. you can surround yourself and feel just feel good feel good about things and distract yourself from the real important things that right. are going on in the outside world heck you don't even know you know he's very much opinionated when it comes to the political landscape mm-hmm. or something like this maybe he's just like every one of us dealing with these kinds of things basketball is kind of the best escape for him basketball right. basketball the same reason the same reason that all of us like the sport, you know, maybe it's as simple as that. But we know that the, the, as it pertains to the X's and O's from a prove yourself standpoint, legacy standpoint, there's nothing left to prove. There's nothing you, left to prove. You, you hear uh, this name popped up a lot. Bill Self, Kansas Bill Self. You know, he is more than likely going to be the next Spurs head coach. Now, he on many occasions, Casey, has flat out denied it, saying, no, that ain't going to happen. I've never had a conversation with the Spurs, blah, blah, blah. So he's flatly denying it. But we've seen this in the sports world. A player flatly denies something, Kawhi Leonard, uh, we see the opposite happen. You know, um, this is not uncommon. But did you say Pop does decide to hang it up? Is that uh, something that the Spurs have to look at? Is Bill Self a viable candidate? Or at that point, just, all right, submit your resumes, everybody. Let's see what we got. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, you don't, you can't put any stock into what anyone yeah. says anymore. I mean, above all else, you, you just can't put any stock. That's not a Bill Self thing. That's an every that's an every yeah. thing. Uh, but in reality, I mean, why not? I, yeah. I I believe he's probably just as qualified as everybody else. Yeah. Just as qualified as every other candidate that you're gonna throw into the equation. I believe who's one of his sons or one of his kids. I think it's his his son. It's his son. son. With the yeah, his son. He's yeah. he's on the somewhere in the dungeons of the coaching staff i you know forgive mm-hmm. me I, I can't remember probably probably operations associate assistant one of those yeah. jobs but it's not like there's a there's a there's a spurs tie but it's at the basketball world there's a there's always a tie in some capacity but he's probably one of those guys who will be considered theoretically would be con- considered and rightfully so yeah. I mean, just kind of like we talk about pop on the collegiate level, guys done it, or uh, on the professional level, dudes done it all at the collegiate level. Mm-hmm. What do you have left to prove? Yeah, you know, exactly. At the collegiate level, you've done it. You've done it. You've won a national championship. You've been to the final four time after time. You've produced pro after pro after pro. 
Why not? How, how old is Bill Self? What's, what is he? He's probably not even 60, right? No, I think if, if, if he is, 50s, it's a very young 60s. That's 57. Yeah. Bill Self's 57. So, I mean, I mean, it's not like he's it, it, it's, he's in his prime his prime years right now. Yeah. No, I mean, that, that definitely is a question that I will be hanging over the Spurs franchise as Pop um, has another season under his belt and whether or not they want to go in a different direction. And, well, and speaking of going in different directions, uh, we're going to shift gears right now and uh, be looking at a couple of questions that I have for the Spurs offseason. And Casey's going to chime in. I know he has a big, big opinion about the next topic, and that is about the draft. We're back, and I'm joined by San Antonio sports reporter Casey Vieira. Casey, tell everybody how they can follow you on Twitter. You can follow me at, at Casey, C-A-S-E-Y, underscore Vieira, V-I-E-R-A. Casey He's given him a follow, and he is a great follow on Twitter. Well, so we talked about a question that Casey has. Now I'm talking about a question about, that I have about your San Antonio Spurs, and that is the draft. The San Antonio Spurs will likely have a pretty high spot in the 2020 draft, whenever that is, because uh, it doesn't get postponed again because of COVID-19. But the point is, is this, is that that virus pretty much ruined a bunch of stuff, and namely March Madness. Yeah, there should have been March Madness going on, and it's not happening. Why bring that up? Because that is a good proving ground for uh, NBA scouts, coaches, staff, et cetera, et cetera, look at prospects and kind of gauge their talent. That's not available. Oh, and by the way, because of COVID, you can't, players can't go to team facilities and practice. They got to do teleconferencing and tele-interviews and tele-this, tele-that. So this pretty much puts a crimp on the Spurs, at least scouting. You know, I'm pretty sure they're going to do a bang-up job, but, you know, it kind of inhibits them from what really, really, really they should be doing is getting up close and personal look at these guys. So my question is, Casey, and I'd love to hear your hot take on this. Will this will this COVID nineteen impact the Spurs twenty twenty draft selections? Well, they can't just watch YouTube highlights like the rest of them. <laughs> no, <laughs> that, that, that's, that's, the, that's the science that they're going yeah. to be relegated to the YouTube highlights. It's it's tough because yeah. right now you look where they're at. They're stationed outside of really well, not really. They're out. They're stationed outside the top uh, yeah. five, which always for the most part, is where you can get a really legitimate ball player. In those five, maybe eight. But it's mm-hmm. it's when you get to that gray area. And this is such a, it, it, it's such a, you know, arguably the worst spot to be in in basketball mm-hmm. is, you know, you're not good enough if you make the playoffs, you're not good enough to win a championship, and you're not bad enough to bottom out. And that's, I think, was the fear for many Spurs fans, or or at least a large hypothetical, that they could fall into that gray area. And that's what they've done. Right now, they'd be the 11th pick in the draft. Mm -hmm. Once you get out of that top five, top seven, Jeff, it's a crapshoot. It Mm -hmm. really is. Because for every, I'm just trying to think of guys in recent memory who went uh, later in the lottery. Devin Booker. Devin Booker went 12 in 2015 i think he went like 12 13 somewhere around there Mm -hmm. but that was the same draft that you have 
Jaleel Okafor going number three. You have Emmanuel Moutier going top ten. And right. Guys like guys like uh, the uh, Trey Lyles. Trey Lyles went in that draft as well. But those are all lottery picks. So if you hit, yeah, pretty good. But with that said, that's what it is at that point. You don't necessarily know. So in addition to that fact as well, that it's very much a crapshoot, now you throw in the element that you haven't been able to see a lot of these guys in person. Now, a lot of these scouts, they have seen a good portion of these guys in person already. And the NCAA tournament, for as much as it is a good proving ground, to use your terminology, it's also very much a good chance, or I guess you could say, or environment for a lot of us to get caught up in kind of the lust of the Cinderella story or these outstanding right. individual performances, things like that. That said, you want to get your eyes on these guys up close and personal. It's not where it's who knows if it'll be a deal breaker but it's certainly not advantageous for that spot. I guess that that's Casey's biggest hot take right now. It's, it's a yeah, crapshoot. There's, there's that, the, the, there's your answer to the question. I left you hanging right before the break. It's <laughs> basically a crapshoot. Scorched. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm right there with you. I mean, even with the, the virus kind of just wrecking everything in the sports world or just globally, just in it, doesn't matter. Sports is everything. But since it is uh, about the Spurs, you, you got to be like, man, you know, the, this season, okay, that horrible season, uh, we're likely not going to make the postseason. Um, they don't have a franchise guy. Oh, and by the way, they're going to get a high pick. Oh, yeah, that's right. It's about 11. And, oh, that's right. You know, they're going to be a little bit more behind the eight ball without having really see these players and really get to test them and know them. And look, the Spurs are very big on meeting the guy and seeing how they interact with the teammates and the coaching staff, that whole culture thing. Now they're going to be limited to a Skype, to a Zoom conference, to a phone call here, a phone call there, fax me this, email me that, give me some numbers. And, you know, you look at that and you're like, wow, is this really going to impact one of the higher spots that the Spurs are going to have in the draft in recent years? Look, you can't count out this team, Casey. And look what they did in last just last year, you know, they, they got Keldon, who fell on their lap. They were able to get Luca, And who knows what's going to happen with Weatherspoon. We'll talk about them in later. So if there's one team that could probably make lemonade out of lemons, it's probably the Spurs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's very much true. That That's that's very much true. Uh, I'm just thinking about your talk about meeting face-to-face. You, did you watch Last Dance Sunday? Yes, I did. Rodman and... Uh, Phil Jackson, that hypothetical or not mm-hmm. hypothetical, that that the first conversation. Yep. Where, where Phil walks in and, and uh, Rodman's people are saying Phil Jackson's here. I don't care. Whatever. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't care. Whatever. What's up? Yeah. yeah there I you don't go. Care. That's, what, that's whatever, Rodman. What's up? Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, got sidetracked. My my imagination. Yeah, Vernon Carey is going to go ahead and say that. I'm sure. I'm sure. Uh, Vernon Carey. I'm sure is a great guy. I shouldn't throw that on him. Not yeah. that Well, but but no. To to get back to your point though, no, it, it's it's tough. It it's it's tough because that's a a big element of these face to face things too, and not having that is certainly not advantageous. No, not at all. And the thing about it too. Uh, is that you're looking at this draft and like you you know it's not it's not a very strong draft at all you, you know you were talking about 
how in past drafts maybe you can get seven seed uh i'm sorry seven seed uh, seven spot eight spot on the draft i don't know about this draft either casey is it going to be that deep I mean, it's not deep enough already. You know, people are saying like, oh, it's kind of a wash. Wiseman, you know, he didn't get to play some structured ball, you know, before any of the draft, you know, because of his situation. Mm-hmm. And then you got these players that are, huh, okay, I guess, you know, there's only like maybe one close to consensus and that's it. And then maybe this is a draft where you just kind of like roll the dice, like you more so than you would in any other draft, Casey. Yeah, Spurs fans thought they were being cute, keeping their eyes on that uh, Denny Abdija or Abdia from yeah. Israel, and they were like, "Oh yeah, this is a guy. He's gonna be, he's gonna be there right around 15, 16. Perfect for where we are. We're gonna steal him. Dude's done nothing but balled out ever since Spurs mm-hmm. started to find that guy. So he's probably gonna go in that top five anyways. But yep. I mean, really outside, like you said, you said Wiseman, uh, Anthony Edwards. I mean, he's a he's a ball player too. Of course, coming out from Georgia and LaMelo Ball and Cole Anthony, Obi Toppin from Dayton. But that's that's kind of speaks to that struggle again, where if you're not in that first six, that first seven spot, what do you do? You know, especially in yeah. a draft that's not particularly deep. That's not yeah. which which appears to be the one that theoretically that we will be having whenever we do have this draft and right. more so that that struggle that gray area that they're in where you you just roll the dice mm-hmm. you don't even know you just roll the dice yeah. and i had that and i think that's for me i was one of these guys entering the start of the year who looked at the spurs kind of what they are i didn't think they'd struggle the way that they have but they were a fringe playoff team i thought this is pretty much what we were probably not worse than than what we expected. I did not think they were going to make the playoffs, but I thought it would be close. But this is a obviously we know what this team is. But I was all in on the idea of just blowing it up now, blowing mm-hmm. it up now because what's the point of prolonging the inevitable? Why are you going to prolong the inevitable? Because it's not a championship team. It wasn't a championship team. Bottom out. There's nothing wrong with bottoming out. Yeah. it's not it's just not there's nothing wrong with that you're gonna have to cross that bridge anyways which right. they're going to be doing why not maximize the asset of trading aldridge when you had it mm-hmm. someone gets him for two years under contract for two years DeRozan, you're probably you're not going to get full value because of that option but you're going to get something back and that's kind of where they are you know maybe if the spurs they 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 bottom out like they did they're in the top six in the draft but we don't know they are what they are yeah, and here's the thing too. Another thing they could ask themselves, as far as another question in this offseason, is what maybe they can package that pick. Maybe it can be, hey, you know, we got LMA and a pick. Uh, give us, um, hey, so and so team, what, what do you want for this? Um, let's work something out. They they could do something with that pick. Yes, it's not a great pick, but in today's NBA, where teams are just hoarding and making war chests of draft picks, as Boston, as Oklahoma City. I'm pretty sure teams will be enticed to do something like that. You know, you're real right. I think I'm with you as far as the team bottoming out. I always thought they should have had one during the season. There came a point where I said, okay, this, it is what it is. Just call it a day. Let's get the rebuild going. You know, why prolong it and delay what could possibly be a very promising future more because you're chasing a playoff spot. And by the way, the, the and I understand the team was not going to say anything to the otherwise, 
But they were very on board of making that postseason push. Rudy Gay said it after the, when the hiatus began. DeMar DeRozan said it even before the hiatus. They were all about the eight seed. We're going to get the eight seed. And my God, I'm looking there at, at the media huddles, postgame, pregame, going, this is the San Antonio Spurs. They're cheering for the eight seed. I've never thought I'd see a San Antonio Spurs team cheer for the eight seed when they always wanted to win it all. Right. At that point, I knew, okay, that's it. This Just call it a day. Let's just hit a hard reset. And let's move forward. You got horses, man. You have Lonnie. You have Keldon. You got something with Luca, maybe. What, what about Spoon? The DeJounte was coming to his own. Derek, let's just go. Let's roll. And then, nope. They're still fighting for that eight seed. But that that whatever they do in that draft, I think they will be. They should be okay if they play it right, Casey. Mm-hmm. You know, scout and find somebody that nobody was looking at, and then boom, they get they pull another a rabbit out of their magic hat. Or they trade up or just do something. They can make something out of nothing with this pick. I think the guy probably is Vernon Carey. You know, yeah. I, I mentioned him jokingly having an interaction with Pop, but assuming mm-hmm. he doesn't assuming he doesn't greet Pop in that hypothetical, like I said, yeah, I think that's the guy, big guy from Duke, because mm-hmm. he will in all likelihood be there. That's a guy, mid-lottery pick, right around there, 12, 13, 14. I'm, I'm sure if I dug up, the will be projected right in that, that area regardless of who you of who you talk to but take if you you know we we talk about the the Aldridge stuff so just so much yeah you can still keep Aldridge in that situation if you take Vernon Carey because you got a guy behind LaMarcus Aldridge at that point it's a it's it's a it's almost kind of a win-win because you keep Aldridge and then you have someone who could pick his brain a little bit, and then you flip Lamarcus at some point, or or Lamarcus has been saying all the right things recently about staying in San Antonio. Maybe you keep him. Maybe you yeah. find it more beneficial for your franchise and the development for your franchise of keeping Lamarcus Aldridge in that kind of situation to help a guy like Vernon Carey learn and grow and adapt to this game and learn the city of San Antonio and and what to expect that would not be there. That's almost kind of a more beneficial situation when you talk out loud and you think about it and you look at the past, the the X's and O's of things Mm -hmm. uh, uh, so much. And and listen, man, listen, I'm, I'm guilty. I've gone on your program several times and said the best way to go it go about it is to trade Aldridge. And still probably it is. Still probably it is. But it's very much dependent on the situation as well. And maybe that situation comes about. A guy, a big guy uh, like Vernon Carey falls to that spot. Perhaps. We'll see. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's definitely going to be a bigger crapshoot than past years with the virus pretty much a wreck and everything. But, hey, Spurs, you pulled uh, definitely pulled some magic tricks out of your hat before let's hopefully the spurs can do that one more time uh be interested to see how that plays out but when we get back we're going to be looking at our final question right here on locked on spurs about what the spurs should do or at least think about in the offseason okay so we're doing really good on time so i'll probably come back with this one and just be like you know you're probably asking you know why didn't we talk about demar and fours well those are the obvious mm-hmm. you know I know there will be that segment of Spurs fans being, and y'all didn't talk about DeMar. And no, 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 no. Well, you know the situation now. It's already been done over. I know. So many goddamn ways to skin a cat, man. Exactly. All right, right, here we go. You think about it. uh I've thought more recently 
I'm starting to think maybe he opts in. Hey, man, you know, that that's a lot of money on the table, especially in today's coronavirus life. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Maybe he opts in, especially especially considering. Well, you know what? We'll talk about it. Well, OK, we'll talk about it. Yeah, we'll talk right. about it. All right. Here we go. Let me get it going here. OK, here we go in three, two and one. We're back and I'm joined by Casey Vieira. He's a uh, longtime San Antonio sports reporter, and he's going to have some hot takes about the next topic because you cannot get past this next segment without recapping his great hot take in the previous segment because the NBA draft is going to be a big crapshoot for the Spurs. That's a great one. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the ultimate hedge your bet, right? Who do you think, that's who perfect do you think, Yeah. Who do you think the Spurs should take? I don't know. It's a crapshoot anyways. I don't know. Boom. Roll the dice. See Boom. what works. Thanks, Gold, <laughs> yeah. But uh, all jokes aside, you're probably wondering why we're not talking about the obvious, DeMar DeRozan's future and Brendan Forbes and Marco Bellinelli's future. Well, Casey and I talked about it, too. You know, we're saying, OK, well, there's only so many ways you can, you know, skin a cat. And you probably heard all the sides. But Casey, be, be, before we get past that and discuss our final question for the San Antonio Spurs offseason, you had a little nugget, something about uh, DeMar DeRozan you wanted to throw out there. Yeah. Because so much of this season has been, is he going to come back? Is he going to come back? Should they trade him? The same, the same dead horse we've been beating for yeah. Lord knows how long at this point. Mm-hmm. But you think, I, I've been starting to lean a little bit more towards the, uh, more towards the sentiment that I think he's going to opt in. And I'll explain why. One is the fact that this free agent class that's coming up, there's not many, but that said, or I should, well, well, from a talent standpoint, there's not that many, but there's also not that many teams that at that at Mar DeRozan's stage of his career, 30, mm-hmm. by the end of it, he'll be 34, 35, assuming he gets a four or five year deal in between. You're not looking, you're, you're, you're looking to win. You're looking to win at that point. So who who has the money? Miami should Miami will have have money, but not a full max. And does he really fit with that team? Does he? Yes. I mean, maybe as a number as that number three, but it's not like Jim, Jimmy Butler's a gunner. He can knock down a three pointer, but like Demar, he's kind of a mid range player as well. Does he really fit there? You're not going to want to go, if you're him, you're not going to want to go to a team like Atlanta. Lord knows you're not going to want to go to a team like the Knicks. And those are the, the, mm-hmm. the heavy hitters with the money. So now I've been starting to lean a little bit more towards the idea that he's going to stay. That he's going to stay. And this is ruling out signing trades, of course, because that's that's a, a, a different conversation. And And here's why. Because you know next year's free agent class, which is Giannis... Yeah, Paul George, mm-hmm. uh, the a bunch of a bunch of brand name guys hitting that free agent market in 2021. There's always going to be a team that strikes out, that strikes out, and as a result, they have to turn around and invest your money into somebody else and give that big paycheck that mm-hmm. you're going to give to that respective guy and then give it to somebody else, i.e. Amari Stoudemire with the Knicks. They yep. struck out on LeBron. They struck out a Bosch, but they had to do something 
and they gave Amari Stoudemire a max contract when it ultimately did not work out at that dollar sign. There's always that one team that does that. Now, if you're DeMar DeRozan and you opt into that 20 plus million dollar deal this year, you get that. Assuming you do play well, you're going to get more money on top of that. Mm-hmm. four more years and do that with a team that's going to be better suited to win a championship or at least being com- or at least be competitive during your time during what you have left of your of your prime so that's why i'm thinking or at least me thinking as demar maybe it's best maybe it's best to, to stay we haven't even talked about another element with that jeff is the fact that what if next year is an abbreviated season anyways yep 50 games what's 50 yeah games at that point yeah you know? and here's this too you know you're looking at the the shortened season this year because of the virus and then teams are already hurting for money you're Hearing about teams reportedly, you know, giving back, you know, telling employees to be furloughed and, you know, players giving back a portion of their salaries or not being paid out full. So that $27 million sitting down on the table right now from the Spurs um, could be enticing for DeMar. And, and if it's interesting to see if he picked that up and, you know, as every day passes and the season looks more like it's going to be lost, I'm starting to think like maybe, just maybe, DeMar could lean to staying in San Antonio, at least for a, one more season. And so, you know, write it out and get that check and, you know, he could just walk away. He doesn't tell Spurs anything. He just say, see you. Thanks for the check. Bye. No. I, I mean, yeah. <laughs> especially especially when you factor in the COVID stuff now. Yep. Honest, honestly, I mean, what is if, – if your season's going to be lost anyways, which it will – theoretically be at some point next year because i'm convinced the way this covid stuff is going to go is that they're going to come back they're going to play at some point without the fans in the building and then next year again this is my opinion i have no fact to, to base this on just an opinion i think they come back next year around christmas time and then they play an abbreviated 50 to 60 game schedule at that point that's right. the way I, that's the way I see this going. Now, you figure that you're essentially if you're Demar at this point, you're essentially done with this season and you have that half portion season or or abbreviated season that you do have next year, just go out well, it, listen, it's easier to say ball out the way that you can. I've I've never played yeah. a uh, you know, I've never stepped on an NBA floor in a player's capacity, <laughs> life, but you go out, you do your thing. God willing, you stay healthy in addition to that, and you're in good shape. Perhaps yeah. you get traded at the deadline, too. You're still yeah. getting your money either way. You're still getting your money either way. So get that paycheck, that 20-plus million dollars, and then go out 2021 and then get your big money, your last big contract. It's interesting, It's definitely a question that the Spurs are going to address in the offseason, and that's, been, that's probably the biggest question surrounding the Spurs right now um, is the future of DeMar DeRozan in San Antonio. So it's interesting to see what exactly they're going to do both sides. But one thing that is on my mind and my final question for the Spurs offseason is the long game. We all know about Kelvin Johnson. He started to find his rhythm, find his groove right before the hiatus. You know, it was a shame. But lost in the shuffle of the three rookies was Weatherspoon and Samanich. They were still in Austin for the most part. Uh, whenever they did get called up to San Antonio, it was like the, that Kelton was going to get the PT, not Spoon or Samanich. 
Now, yes, and Casey, you know, we, we talked about this before uh, the show. Uh, Samanish did get a little run during the uh, massacre in Brooklyn uh, where the Spurs got thumped. But nevertheless, what are their futures? Are they going to be one of those rookies that are going to make an immediate impact the way Keldon seemingly can uh, whenever this season or next season begins or this season resumes, excuse me. But the big question here, Casey, is this. Do the Spurs continue to let Samanich and Weatherspoon develop in Austin? Or, as we're talking about, hitting that reset button and moving forward, get them in San Antonio, put them in a San Antonio uniform, and let's rock and roll. What do you think? I, I think your definition of impact uh, yeah. is very, it's very broad. Okay. Because impact in certain contexts mean different things. Impact for a Spurs team that say that stays, you know, basically in the same conversation that they are right now, a, a, a fringe to below 500 playoff team. Lucas Somnish not going to come in and be the difference of that team getting to the playoffs or not mm-hmm. this year. We all know that that wouldn't be the case. But if the opportunity is there next year and he's playing 25 to 30 minutes a night and getting touches, then you kind of broaden that idea of impact. Do, can he be an impact player in that capacity? Well, it's going to be more of an impact on the floor than up in Austin. Why not? Right. Why not? It, it, it's, a, it's still very much the hypothetical subject. Yeah, and the thing about it, too, is that the Spurs will not be shy to keep uh, Weatherspoon, uh, Samanich, or even Keldon. Because no, no, nothing says that he's a lock uh, for the roster next season, San Antonio, that is. Uh, another season with the Austin Spurs more so than the San Antonio Spurs. We've seen it done before. Derek White, um, Bryn Forbes, DeJounte Murray. They were stashed usually about two years-ish in uh, Austin they have to really, really show out if they're going to make uh, the San Antonio roster in in Austin or even in the summer league. Uh, we saw that with Bryn Forbes where he was just, you know, heads above the rest in the summer league play and then in Austin. Same thing with Lonnie Walker. Um, I think that's the level of performance that the Spurs are going to have to be looking at, especially with uh, Shamanich and Weatherspoon and their futures in San Antonio. Now, they're playing OK, but not great. I think they stay in Austin. Uh, Keldon likely is going to get his chance whenever this offseason slash training camp begins. But Weatherspoon and Shamanich, I, I, I got to figure, you know, if I'm laying down money, I, I think they stay in Austin for another season. Casey? A full season? Yeah. A full season? Luca too? I would say a majority. How's that? Like 80%? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I like that. Uh, like you that. look at you look at what uh, R.C. Buford said last year during the G the Austin Spurs season. He did a sideline interview during a game, and they asked him about Shamanich. And yeah, I'm paraphrasing here, so forgive me. But during the broadcast, it was something to the the fact of he's not purposeful. That he doesn't see that purposeful play in Shamanich right now. They didn't touch on Weatherspoon. It was money focused on Luca. So um, that tells me that. Maybe he's just his his mental part of it is not ready. That he's not taking that aggressive mode yet. Now you add the fact that the G League season got short and actually got canceled because of the virus. Then you know he's still in development mode, at least in the spur, the San Antonio Spurs uh, eyes. Casey. Yeah, 
Yeah, you know, purpose is an inch. It, it, it's a very mm-hmm. spursy. It's a very Spursian word, isn't it? Yeah, Pur- it really purpose. is. It, very. It, it's it's all the things that it's it's the everything else type of, of word that that they you know the all the all the other things that they worry or they talk about the attributes behind the scenes purpose. So if that is, I mean, maybe he, who knows who knows when he does find that purpose. But right now. He doesn't look like a guy who necessarily yeah. has, you know, you mentioned that 80 percent. I I think 80 percent personally is strong, but I do think he'll spend time in Austin in that capacity. But how, how about this? You're, you're rattling off the guys. And I think the, the Keldon debate with Lonnie Walker, I think I I don't know how they how they particularly mesh because mm-hmm. they're they're very much Lonnie's Lonnie's more athletic. But they're very much the same player. So I don't know how much that's and, and you know, I'm, I'm not going to be invited back on the podcast after saying this just by default. <laughs> but how much do you think other opposing execs value a guy like Lonnie Walker, evaluate a guy, value, do, do they value him? Because if you can turn that into something else, too a first and change or another mm-hmm. solid youthful piece that fills a hole that you don't have. Do you do it? Do you send him? To, do you send him to, Oh, I don't know. I'd have, I'd have to look. I was, I was right. going to say, I was, I was going to say, I keep referencing the Knicks. I was going to, Oh, you know what? Okay. A guy like Thibel from Philly, a guy like Matisse Thibel from Philly, who, probably is a better defensive player than Lonnie Walker is. Mm-hmm. They're, they're a little bit different. They, they both play that 2-3 spot, but Thibault's a, a better defender and a little bit more of your fundamental classic type, not the most athletic, kind of like the Spurs have always had, comparatively speaking to Lonnie, who does what he does just based a lot of it off his soul, God-given athleticism and abilities and, and, and just pure freak of nature talent or right. I guess physique that all that stuff could that work I don't know I don't I, well, I, he, I don't know I, I think it's something he, that needs he, to be explored he definitely loved going home uh, he's from the area that true that, gonna, uh, that's yeah. also a good point yeah we're going to be also talking about point. Philly and um, yeah and I, I think as of right now Thibault's a little bit he's more he's well rounded than Lonnie is right. uh, as far as the per, the progression in the NBA you can see you get a lot more out of Thibault but but then of course Philly's going to see that and be like well we know what we got with Thibault so uh, nice try right. Spurs uh, right. so at do the end of the day yeah offer, it just, do, you, do you really think there is that big of a gap though between Thibault do you think it'll I think Thibault's better but do you think uh, I, I, I think uh, if like you if you second, do you think you would have to give up a first Walker in a first to get Thibel? Walker in a first? No, that's, that's I a think little... you could get him. You could get him for less, yeah. I think. Yeah. But, you know, you look at a guy like Weatherspoon, then, you know, uh, plays a guard position as of right now at this recording. The Spurs are loaded with guards, loaded with them. Now they're going to unload a, a few, you know, don't know anything, but. You can assume that Forbes is likely going to be on his way out. Um, Bellinelli likely is going to leave. You know, does Weatherspoon fit in other uh, plans? They have Derek White. They have DeJounte Murray. They got swing guys, Lonnie and, and Kelvin. for a couple more years. And you still got Patty, yeah. Weatherspoon is coming off his first two-way deal. 
they'll likely get a second two-way deal next year, whenever next year comes. And that'd be it. Then the Spurs are going to have to make a decision about him, whether he's going to stay in San Antonio or not. I think it's too early to tell with the Weatherspoon right now. Uh, Casey, what about you? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Uh, I, I think that you can't really put a whole lot of stock into, or I guess ambition, aspiration into where he was selected. So I think having him in the G League and work, you, you try to maximize that the most you can. But it, it's tough. It's tough because the Spurs are in all likelihood in 2021, they're going to have a pick that's top 15 as well. Mm-hmm. But if that's the case and they decide to go in the backcourt, Quindary Weatherspoon is going to be out of a job, at least in San Antonio, just by pure right. numbers, unless he goes out and he balls out. But there hasn't been a, a total indication of that being the case. Maybe it will. Who knows? Maybe it will next year. But that has not been the case so far. Then Quindary Weatherspoon, though, would theoretically be out of a job. So it's obviously mm-hmm. a, a very much an uphill climb for uh, Q going into this season. Yeah, you and I had a chance to meet him and talk with him face-to-face great when he dude. got drafted by the Spurs. Yeah, he's a great guy. Yeah, yeah you know, great, great kid, you know, eager, you know, big, big stocky guy for his position. You know, definitely had an NBA-ready body when we, we met him, Casey. But mm-hmm. right now, just just looking like he just needs to show out a little bit more. And that's why I think with him, more than likely, he will see probably more than 80% of his time in uh, Austin next year, Casey. Yeah, you, you yeah. mentioned that 80%. That 80% I, I'd say that's accurate, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, barring any, you know, major injury to one of the guards um, on San Antonio roster, he'll likely stay there. But, yeah, it's interesting to see what the Spurs are going to do uh, with Weatherspoon and uh, Shamanich moving forward. That's a question they're going to have to ask themselves in the offseason. But when we get back, Casey and I are going to put a wrap on this episode of Locked on Spurs. back and i'm joined by casey Vieira, san antonio sports reporter uh, casey i have a question for you now okay what do you think will the san antonio spurs slash nba 2019 20 season resume and if so are the spurs a part of that uh nba yes spurs no Woo. Spurs, all right spurs, no i i think the only way that the only way that you can make anything of this season, and it, 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 and I say this relatively speaking to the fact that, for the most part, there haven't been a, a ton of teams battling for postseason positioning, with the exception of that eight spot in the West. Oh. But it's not like a lot needs to be determined in that capacity. I think the only way the NBA can do this with getting the remainder of this season is to go right to the postseason. Yeah, I think that's the only way. I think that's the only way this happens, whether it happens in June, whether it happens in July, whenever it does get down. I think when we do see basketball back, I think it's going to go right to the playoffs. I think you'll see the the two week to a month long training camp, and then they'll get right back to work. And then logistically, when you think about it, man, like what is what's the point? of even bringing back the teams that aren't in the playoff conversation, you know? All you're doing mm-hmm. is putting them at risk. All you're doing is putting them at risk. I mean, open up the facilities so they can go work out. And, you know, inevitably they're going to want to play. But, you know, there's a strong portion, of, of especially the teams in the bottom end of the league, 
for just playing out the schedule, they probably don't necessarily want to come to work. Maybe a few of the free agents to just kind of get that last push in before they hit the open market this summer. But it's not like there's necessarily a there's certainly not necessarily a need. It's not like it's not like the AT&T Center is going to overly profit from the games because people ain't going to come back and want, they're not going to let people in. Mm-hmm. So it's not like you're losing a, a game day check for the facility. Why? What's the point? What's the point of bringing back teams that aren't the playoff talk? Yeah, I'm right there with you. I do agree that the NBA season needs to just, if they do decide to come back and resume play, that just jump to the playoffs. Just give the, the eight, whatever the top eight seeds were in both conferences and let's rock and roll. You give your, give them about a month for training camp-ish and then start up again and then dive right into it. There's no point. There's no point. If you really want to salvage the following season, which would be what, the 2021 season, then something's mm-hmm. got to give. So you got to give up something now for the long game. And you give up on the remaining, at least for the Spurs, 19 games and a chance. They... It'd be different if they had they were just right there. They were battling out for the Memphis and then, you know, they were just a half game behind. They were what, four games behind? Five. With five? With, with games the, on their slate. Yeah. There was about it was about four or five. With mm-hmm. games on their slate against the Pelicans, the Rockets, uh Brizzly still. They set the Mavericks. They um they, they closed out against Zion in San Antonio or in Wade. One of the, they played the Pelicans to close out the season. Nevertheless, it was a tough. It was going to be a tough road to go. It really was right. for the Spurs. And why bother? Why risk injury? Why, you know, why put Kelton out there for a game that's likely going to be meaningless? And then he busts his knee. Or same thing right. with Dejounte. We already know he suffered a massive uh, injury. Last season, why run that risk again? Just call it a day, man, and just move forward. That's what, that's what I say. Um, there's no point. Yeah. There, there's there's no point. There's no point. Because with a lot of these guys who so you want to see some burn, you know what you're going to get out of them anyways for the most part. Mm-hmm. For the most part, you at least have an idea. A lot of these guys in all likelihood aren't going to come in. I mean, maybe you have across the entire league, we'll say they have one guy a team that has that, that you just want to see him get some kind of run. So that means 30 players. How many are going to jump out and mm-hmm. probably blow your mind out of that bunch? Five? Yeah. Six? Is that worth it? No. No. It's not worth that, it. No, it's not yeah, worth it. Definitely not worth it. All right. So those are our thoughts on a few questions that the Spurs are going to have to look at in the offseason whenever that comes. But we want to hear from you. What are the questions – that you would like to see address from your silver and black. You can follow me on Twitter at Jeff G Spurs Zone. Go to the Spurs Zone News for San Antonio and Fox29SanAntonio.com. There's a few things that popped up since last we spoke, for example, about the detailed plans that the NBA has given teams, like your Spurs, regarding team practice facilities with the restrictions. Also, some Spurs fans shared memories of the Dennis Rodman era. And yeah, there were some stories. It's all it's all there at the Spurs Zone and subscribe to Locked On Spurs wherever you get your favorite podcast. Now, before I turn the mic over to Casey, another sign of things returning back to normal. The NBA 2K League is back. They're going to resume play. Uh-huh. So, hey, hey, there you go. Some sort of NBA action-ish, just on a virtual world. Right. So, <laughs> that was, yeah. You know, the good thing is that, <laughs> the good thing was the 2K. You don't you don't need to get together. That, yeah. Because years before that, they were sitting at home playing anyways, right? Exactly. Yeah. Well. The, the way it was in seasons past, the 2K League 
mandated that all teams uh, play their uh, regular season games, just any game, had to be in New York City. Had to be. Um, huh. uh, they they had in-season tournaments, which would be hosted at various locations throughout the United States. But again, all 23 teams were together for all, all those games. So, uh, and the interesting thing, too, they just opened up a brand new facility, Arena, in Manhattan. A brand new. Really? Brand spanky new. It was beautiful. I've seen the pictures of it. Um, that's that's next. So the way it's set up now is for their uh, season three. Yeah, season three. Uh, all remote play, all from the team uh, local uh, locale. So, for example, the Mavs gaming, they got to play in Dallas. Knicks plays in Manhattan. Nets play in Brooklyn. You see where I'm going with this. And... They're only going to have a six-week season. That's it. In and out. Huh. huh. Yeah, I, I mean, you're 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 better, more well-versed than that. Than yeah. I, I, I didn't. I knew it was growing, but I didn't realize it was growing in that capacity. Wow. Oh yeah, yeah. They huh. they 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 opened up a brand new, brand spanky new arena. Um, it you would have been like, whoa, okay, we're 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 talking about that type of play. Um, so this is so, like, yeah. so it's like an arena arena, like with stands yes. and everything? Yes, it's like an arena arena. Uh, obviously not to the scale uh, of the AT&T Center or, or the Barclays Center, but right. uh, it was, it was uh, oh, I'll send you pictures, you can see it. Uh, you'd be like, <laughs> whoa, okay. Wow. Like that, not huh, 2K, yeah. It shows how out of the loop I am. <laughs> well, wow. here, you hear that? Sometimes he gets out of the loop there, so... Casey, mm. tell fans so they can put you back in the loop on yes. social media. Yeah, tell me how to get back in the loop. Uh, at Casey underscore Vieira, C-A-S-E-Y, V-I-E-R-A. Give him a follow. He's a great follow. And um, Casey, I want to thank you again for hopping on Lockdown Spurs, giving me a hand in this very slow period of the NBA slash sports world. I always appreciate your insight, and um, I know you'll definitely be back sooner than later. Yeah, likewise, my friend. Thank you for having me, as always. <laughs> Not a problem. So for Casey Vieira, I am Jeff Garcia. We're going to put a lot on this episode of Lockdown Spurs. Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Albert styles. Meet the new Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot code SUPER24.